Welcome to Turf Dudes, show number 47. In this episode, we're joined by Brian Laurent, Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Propel Solutions and the Superintendent Network. Brian's work is focused on supporting golf course superintendents as an association executive director, marketing director, communication specialist, event coordinator, and more. This year, Brian has traveled around the country to document and promote the efforts of golf course superintendents and their teams on some of golf's biggest stages. We're excited to have Brian on the show to hear about his experiences while learning a tip or two on how to effectively communicate agronomy with both paying customers and other facility personnel. Turf Dudes is a Herald's agronomy team collaboration of Dr. Raymond Snyder, Dr. Paul Giordano, and Dr. Jeff Atkinson. Turf Dudes is produced by Brandon Clark. Enjoy the show. Well, Brian, appreciate you taking the time to join us and have a conversation with us. And yeah. you know, some of our listeners are maybe familiar with your work, maybe they're not. So maybe it's just to start to give us an introduction into who you are and your background and also your business and your overall just general involvement in the golf industry. Sure. Well, again, thanks for thanks for the invite to be a part of this. So looking forward to the conversation. Um, I grew up in the industry. My father's uh, now retired, fully retired golf course superintendent. Um, he's a Penn State alum. Um, he started uh, his career a little later in life. Um, I was four years old when he went back to college uh, to get his two-year degree in um, you know, turfgrass management. And uh, family moved from Indiana to Wilmington, Delaware, where he was at Wilmington Country Club, and then St. Michael's, Maryland, where he was at Harbortown, which is now links at Perry Cabin, and then ultimately um, Saucon Valley Country Club, where I mainly grew up. Uh, he spent almost 20 years there, and then um, towards the tail end of his career, um, ended up buying the golf course he grew up on in Indiana. Um and uh, maintaining another one kind of near the house where he is now. But um, that's kind of a roundabout way to let you know where I grew up, you know, growing up in the industry, son of a, a superintendent, um, you know, got to see everything from his perspective and uh, meet a lot of great people uh, throughout the years, you know, riding his coattails through GIS and all that fun stuff. I went to Ohio State, got a degree in communication. So a lot of people think that I was a, a former superintendent. I'm not just know enough to be dangerous, having spent enough time around everybody. Um, fell into association management and uh, started using video to communicate to our association members. And it's really just all evolved from there. And um, now video is probably the biggest thing that I do. Um, Founded the Superintendent Network um, in 2022, it launched. Um, and I just kind of travel the country and support golf course superintendents through a couple different things. So I like to say my business essentially has a couple buckets. One of them is still association management, uh, where I manage the Ohio um, GCSA. And another bucket is the Superintendent Network, where I just have the, the great fortune to travel around the country and tell stories about uh, the people within the industry. And then the other bucket is custom projects, whether it's helping, uh, you know, this year helped LACC, Chris and the team there help coordinate some of their volunteer program, um, built them a website to help, you know, communicate to all the volunteers and staff or um, helping a couple clubs right now document renovations and restorations. Um, so just kind of, 
overall support of golf course superintendents, superintendent community, and uh, whatever they need, primarily from a from a communication standpoint. So, um, if we have any time left after that long-winded um, answer to who I am, you know, look forward to continue. <laughs> no, that's that's perfect, Brian. I think you know <laughs> your your story is a bit of a unique one. Um, you know, growing up on and around the golf course, you obviously you said you majored in communications. When was it that you kind of realized that this is something you wanted to make a career out of, not necessarily like a golf course superintendent would, but you you were around the game, you obviously have it in your family. And so when did that kind of realization hit that you have a passion for this side of the business and you wanted to make a career out of it? That's a great question. I mean, I think golf never really took for me until um, about my junior year in high school. Uh, you know, growing up, my, you know, dad liked golf. And so since dad liked it, it wasn't really that cool. Um, but, you know, gradually started to gain more of an appreciation for the game of golf, um, for the landscapes that make up the game, um, got heavily interested in, in golf course architecture. Um, and so just, you know, have, have, since that time had a, a great appreciation for it um, and, and really never considered a career um, within this industry until, again, I kind of fell into the association side of it. So I started working with the Ohio Turfgrass Foundation and the more involved I got, I, I got within that organization, the more I just kind of continued to fall in love with supporting the industry. Um, and again, just the way that it's all evolved, I, I, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Uh, it's just the people within this industry. Anytime I go around and, and, and ask people what they love most, the most common answer is it's the people, right? And so mm -hmm. that, um, again, just that evolution of being more, you know, around more and more people within the industry, getting more familiar with their needs and how I can utilize my broad and diverse skill set and and utilize that to help support them in this game you know it's just kind of all worked out by coincidence and and wouldn't change anything and uh, again just couldn't imagine doing anything else right now yeah i couldn't agree more and i think we're we're fortunate to have you on this side of the industry and i, I think you feel the same way as you're fortunate to to be over here with all the great people couldn't agree more with that no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, it's just such a great, unique industry and um, certainly consider myself very lucky to be on it and to have great partners like you guys. There's there's no question. Couldn't do it without you all and uh, extremely grateful. So you've seen some pretty, I mean, we this isn't a video podcast. We're talking to each other on video and we saw see all the cool stuff that's back behind you right now. But give, give our listeners kind of an idea of just a different tournaments the different um venues that you've been associated with or had an opportunity to to work at just this year so just this year um i had a about a six-week stretch where i did the pga championship i did the um charles schwab at colonial did uh while i was down in texas also made it over to the senior pga championship at frisco um, then I did the Memorial at Muirfield Village, had a couple days off, went to LACC and did the U.S. Open. Um, 
and then um, have been bouncing around for some renovations. And um, I go to Atlanta here in a couple of days to do some some pre-event work for the Tour Championship. And I think I think that's pretty much it for my tournament schedules uh, for 2023. That's it. Yeah, it's been pretty fun. I've gotten to see some uh, some amazing events and obviously meet a lot of great people and go into those tournaments and just being able to interact, not just with the, you know, the superintendents and directors and assistants at those clubs, but the volunteers, right? The, the up and coming superstars within this industry. Um, it's just so cool to be a part of it. And, and, you know, all those events that I just named, you know, all the people that are that are managing those facilities, you know, are all kind of part of that same family. And so when I go to these different events, I see a lot of the people from from a lot of the same clubs um, that, you know, that value that volunteer experience and want to make sure their interns, their AITs, assistants, whatever, have that experience uh, to learn from one another. It's just, it's just so cool to be a part of that atmosphere, that environment, uh, the championship environment. Uh, I'm competitive. Um, so, you know, being around that, that competitive atmosphere for me is just something I thrive on and, and just get energized, just being around that, that situation, that, that type of, um, atmosphere again, using atmosphere, but, uh, yeah, just love, love being around it. So for someone who's never never volunteered for for a tournament for whether it be uh just a general PGA tournament or whether you're talking about a major championship I mean what what are the benefits that an individual can gain from volunteering for something like that There's there's so much to be gained from it um you know your your the the task you're assigned as a volunteer is really just um, an afterthought, to be quite honest with you. You know, it's just what you do for two hours in the morning and two hours in the afternoon. It's really the the value in that experience is really what happens after that morning shift. Um, and then, you know, usually depending on the event, if there's, there's time um, after the evening shift, right? It's the networking. It's talking to the other people that are there, talk, you know, getting to, to know a roommate, getting to know the guys that are on your your bunker crew, your greens crew or whatever, and just talking shop um, or not talking shop. Right. Just talking personally. Um, that interaction amongst the the volunteers, uh, among the the staff members at the host course, among the, you know, the management level folks at, at that course or just some of the special guests, because most of the times you'll see, you know, guys like you will pop into to some events and um, just, you know, go around and meet people. And, you know, that opportunity um, is, again, something that makes this industry unique and in that everyone is is typically willing to share their experience, their information uh, with one another to to provide young people um opportunities you know most superintendents most directors take more pride in moving people along than they do for any top 100 ranking or whatever it is um so just being there th that the the value again going back to answer your question the value of those events is just really that that time between shifts to to get to know one another and 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 learn um there's just so much opportunity for from that i'm sure you also see examples of just you know People helping people as well. To still kind of a phrase from our our territory manager Jim Dillard in, in Ohio. You know, he's always 
you know, we're all about just people helping people. And I'm sure that that's similar to what you're seeing at some of your stops along the way also. Uh, no question. You know, again, just going back to the uniqueness of this industry and it's, doesn't matter if it's someone who had an air fire go down and, and their neighbor loans it to them in a pinch, um, or if it's, you know, they have, uh, an health, a health issue, you know, and, and need financial assistance or, or any other kind of assistance. Um, people helping people, like you just said, yeah, I mean, everyone, um, I've yet to see anyone say no to a friend and peer within this industry, uh, during a time of need. It's just, it's something that's extremely widespread within the community. And again, something that just makes me appreciative to be involved with such a special community. Yeah. So Brian, when to build on that, I mean, I think we can all agree that the niche industry that we work in is great. It's tight knit. We all take care of each other and we all, you know, more than a couple degrees of separation from anybody. If there's one gap or complaint that I think a lot of us can agree on is that we may stay in our bubble too often. And maybe there's improvements that we can make upon communicating the value of our industry and what golf course superintendents do and how we do it, why we do it to the broader public. And I think you've done a fantastic job at, at doing that thus far with your company, with the superintendents network and some of the, the videos and communications you've put out. But I guess throw some tips and tricks out there for the, for our listeners. If they're just trying to ham and egg it on their own and, and build some content that can communicate to their memberships, to the general public, what are some things that you've seen that are working for our industry at the moment? There, there are so many tools out there um, that make it so easy to communicate. Um, while I have a communication degree, it ultimately, ultimately was a, a piece of paper. You know, everything that I'm doing right now, I'm fairly self-taught with. Um, you know, you can YouTube anything to learn how to do anything, right? So, um, you know, I, I think the biggest piece of advice is for people not to be afraid. You know, you can, you can, you can create a video, you can create any sort of piece of content to share with members just by reaching into your pocket and pulling out your smartphone. Um, you know, I think Todd Voss is probably the last holdout um, with a flip phone that I know. And so, you know, he's had an iPhone now for um, close to a decade, I think. So even, you know, Todd can go out there and snap a couple pictures and, and you know, write a quick description on what's going on out on the golf course um, and, and give people an idea, give members an idea of, you know, again, exactly what's going on. Um, you know, I think maybe some people, um, just might be slightly intimidated by some of the tools or think it has to be perfect. And, and, you know, and so they don't try it or they pawn it off to another person on their staff. I just, I keep telling everyone every time I go anywhere, it's, you know, I don't necessarily consider myself a videographer. I've, I've got all the tools. I'm not afraid to fail and I'm not afraid to tinker with it. Um, and so I, you know, again, just kind of taught myself and, you know, think I do a reasonable job at it now, but again, you know, it's just, it's just not being afraid to pick up uh, the phone, take some pictures, take a little video and, and, you know, most, most courses will have, someone that's running their website, someone that's putting their newsletters together for them or whatever that they can, they can share these files with and, and put it all together for them. 
Um, I think maybe the other thing that that I would always recommend to, to superintendents is to drop the superintendent lingo, drop the superintendent speak when you're when you're putting a newsletter together, when you're putting a video or whatever it may be. Um, you know, your members don't care what the scientific term is of, you know, whether it's your AIs, whether it's disease, whatever it is, just tell them what you're doing and why you're doing it. You know, Hey, we had a disease over here. Um, it's going to take X, Y, Z to recover from it. You can expect this over the next two weeks while we come out, you know, come through this or the weather patterns are this and, you know, you know, expect this, this is our plan of attack coming up leading into this hot stretch or whatever. Um, it's just simplifying everything. Anytime that I've that I've run newsletters in the past, everyone always asks me, you know, well, how long does it need to be? I don't care how long it is. Just make your point, tell us what needs to be told and, and communicated and and that's long enough. Um, so you know, people tend to pigeonhole themselves into it needs to be two pages or whatever, just just get to the point, tell us what we need to know and and let's, you know, let's all move on. Everyone's so busy between, you know, there's no such thing as a nine to five job anymore. Everyone's always busy with work. Everyone's busy with kids, soccer games or whatever. Get to the point, move on. So, um, so that's, you know, hopefully, hopefully that kind of answers your question as far as, you know, some of the, some of the pointers that, that, um, you know, folks could use to, better communicate with members or, or whoever it may be, other stakeholders and that sort of stuff. I mean, to kind of give you a, a plug as far as your business goes, you've had some opportunities to document major renovations. We're talking on a different scale of communication here, but I don't, I'm curious as well. I'm familiar with the work that you've done for Harold's, but as far as the work for renovations and other big projects go, what all is involved with that? A couple things. Um, the primary goal when I'm working with with most of these these facilities is just to keep their members up to date on what's going out on the golf course, right? Because um, you know people have certainly invested a lot of you know of their financial uh, have made a financial investment into the club with their initiation and monthly dues, and so they want to know what's going on with their investment. Um, but you also see that that interest brings a lot of people um, out onto the golf course because they want to go see it. And so that could potentially get in the way of stuff that's going on on the golf course. So me coming out, flying the drone, getting B-roll of just different processes that are taking place on the golf course, and then sitting down with the golf course superintendent or project manager or architect, whoever it may be, and letting them provide an update that I can then kind of go back and edit their update from whatever's taking place what's about to take place loop that in with a bunch of visuals that's the that's kind of the primary goal um again is just to simply provide member updates to to progress on these renovations um, show the plans communicate expectations communicate timelines and results all that fun stuff um, and then while i'm also there's i uh, usually take a bunch of video, still photos before and after. And then when the project's complete, go in, do, you know, take video flyovers, still images from as near the identical spot as the, the before uh, images, and then do some comparisons with that. Um, again, to kind of show where they were and, and where they are. Um, so, yeah, so that's, 
That's uh, those those have been keeping me very busy lately. I've never seen so much work going on in this industry. It's just absolutely incredible, um, and some of these transformations are just so neat to watch. Uh, I love the trend of of going back to these courses roots and and seeing you know some original Ross courses be unveiled again, and you know McKenzie courses or whatever it may be. Um, it's just it's so neat to see. I mean, what, as far as the general trend goes with these renovations, from your perspective, what you're seeing, I mean, are you seeing more courses go back to that original architecture, maybe modernized in some ways, or what's the general trend overall? Yeah, you nailed it. It's, it is. It's kind of rolling the back of the clock with some, some modifications to suit the modern game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's not going to be exact to what it was. It's going to be, there's going to be some, um, um, there's certainly going to be some modifications to, to meet today's standards of equipment and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, overall it's getting things back to the same look and feel and, and initial intent, um, seeing a lot more ground features being, um, brought back to life. You know, that's kind of the ground game was the way it was played, you know, laying it on the ground and watch it roll out and see what happens. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's one of my favorite trends seeing is bringing that creativity back into it. Yeah, I'm sure with your before and after that you're seeing some pretty drastic, drastic changes in some of these renovations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Sciota was um, was pretty dramatic watching that go from primarily elevated greens to, you know, going back to, again, just the 1920s Ross version of it where. Uh, right. players can, can roll it back into it. It's, it's, it was pretty, pretty neat. And, you know, everywhere I'm going now, there's, there's some modifications that are just been phenomenal. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. So you've, you've been, you know, from a, from a Harold's perspective, you've visited a lot of courses that the Harold's territory managers have a lot of involvement with. Scioto is one that you mentioned, Muirfield's another that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, what is that kind of observation? You kind of give the Herald's plug here, if you will. Yeah. What's your observation as far as the relationship of territory managers and, and golf course superintendents? What I've seen in, in, in my time and, and here locally in Ohio and just all around the country, I mean, the Herald's rep is is a friend, is a consultant, is is there to, to essentially – be a, a support system for the superintendent, um, you know, helping them create their programs, helping them, you know, ensure they're, they're doing the right things on their properties. And, you know, there are so many examples of, of, um, you know, guys, again, I, I use the word consultant, you know, they're, they're, um, there as reassurance for a lot of superintendents that that are going to bounce their ideas off of them and and again really just develop the right program to to ensure that they're successful during the season um and i've i've yet to see a single rep um from harold's that that doesn't have the best interest of the superintendent in mind they're also they're in tune with everything that's going on right i mean they they get around they see the superintendents at, at all these different clubs. And so they'll see what, you know, what kind of issues may be popping up and within a certain region. And so when they're, 
when they're making the rounds, they can talk to someone, hey, we saw this up the road, just something to keep an eye out for, um, so on and so forth. I mean, they're, you guys are everywhere. Um, you have the best products around, um, access to everything. And so, you know, again, you guys, they're always recommending the right stuff, again, with, with, with the superintendent's goals, the club's goals in mind. Yeah, I, you know, you touched on it, Brian. I think we're certainly fortunate to work for a company with with a team of, of folks out in the field that truly believe in the partnership aspect of what we do. And not only that, you also touched on the fact that a majority of them, if not all of them, are extremely knowledgeable about what they do and where they've been in this this industry. And so, yeah, it certainly makes mine and Jeff's job a lot easier working for with folks like that. And um, you know, you've helped us document some of those instances and in, in, in a few videos. And you know, I think it's uh, it's definitely a special relationship that our reps have with their customers. So we're fortunate. And having you guys—that's one of the things I failed to mention. I mean, having you guys there as well as <laughs> as a resource is is a huge asset. You know, I mean, that's that's something not a ton of people have. And you guys, you guys are the best of the best. So. Love, love chatting with you guys, and and um, every time I have an opportunity to hang out with with the Heralds team, it's always a blast. And likewise, man. Oh, we appreciate you saying that. Hey, one more thing before we wrap up: where can yeah. people find your work? How can they get in contact with you if they want to use your services? Um, SuperintendentNetwork.com is the website. Okay. Um, all my socials are at the GCS Network. Most of my contact information is on the website uh, or, you know, a direct message via socials, whatever. I, I try to check those on a semi-regular basis. But, um, yeah, or just kind of Google me. I think my contact information's fairly easy to find. So this is awesome. Appreciate you guys having me on. Appreciate your time. I'm, I'm sure we'll time. be running into each other at some point on an airplane or at a golf course around the country somewhere. I sure you, hope so. I'm you're sure. getting around these days. Man, I, so I got uh, less than uh, about uh, 18 hours before back on that uh, the big old <laughs> tube getting going somewhere. Well, listen, man, keep up the great work. We appreciate it. And so does the industry. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Thank you so much. Thanks, appreciate guys. it, Brian. That wraps up our interview with Brian Laurent. A sincere thank you to Brian for his time. This show would not be possible without the willingness and cooperation of folks across our industry willing to share their stories with us. Turf Dudes exists to communicate important research findings and turf management trends to turfgrass managers as part of Harold's mission to grow a better world. If you enjoy the show, we want your feedback. If you have a topic you'd like for us to address or a person you'd like to hear from, please send it to us at turfdudes@heralds.com. That's T-U-R-P-H-D-U-D-E-S at heralds.com. While you're at it, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes, YouTube Music, or SoundCloud. We'll see you next time.